this show on the road. Okay, welcome you to another bonus episode for Kindling the Hearthfire. And I've been talking about this for a while. Actually doing a reading of... Let's see, how do I put this? Um, ancient works that are kind of on the... They're, they're on the DP, or the Dedicant Path list, for reading. And finding copies online um, through the Gutenberg project so that I'm not breaking any copyrights here. Um, and just basically doing a reading and then a commentary about each section. Um, so the first one that we're going to be doing is going to be the Tain. Um, let's see. Um, I have I have it saved up here on one of my uh, my bookmarks. I have got thousands of bookmarks, so give me a second to find the actual copy, and I will leave a copy to um, I will. Where is it? Literally, did I just? I'll just go to Gutenberg Gutenberg project. Gutenberg, yes, the Tain Bokuli um, by Joseph Dunn. And I'll leave a link to the actual copy. So if you want, you can read along. And after we do the reading of each section, I'm going to do a little bit of a commentary. And the reason I'm doing this is um, one, for my own benefit, that I'm actually getting these readings done for the DP. But also it away reuse it other times okay so you can reuse this yes so um no copyrights are being done so this particular copy it was it's in english and the release date of the printed copy on the gutenberg project is august 7th 2005 um <laughs> that's from the gutenberg project and what the gutenberg project is is a um, ancient works being put online that are out of copyright and making them more available to people. And this particular version of the um, Tain, uh, Tain Bokuli, um, the Kuli Cattle Raid, as it's called, um, the ancient Irish epic tale. It is, this is put together by Joseph Dunn, who was a professor at the Catholic University of Washington, University of Washington. Um, it's also got two pages in facsimile of the manuscripts. So it's got pictures on here to say what the actual original manuscripts actually, actually um, looked like. And this apparently was written for the men of Aaron and Alba shall hear that name, Cucullan. And the mouths of the men of Aaron and Alba shall be full of that name uh, from the Book of Leinster. And this was made in memory of the of the um, translator's um, mother, apparently. And it's got a list of contents. And where we're going to be getting to start is um, we're going to skip the preface. Because um, the preface is not really part of the story. 
really. Um, it's just a preface for um, the work itself. So we're going to, um, let's see, uh, those are basic summaries of each section. There's the bibliography for um, what works are actually come together in this piece of work. And we're going to be getting, be starting at the first section, which is labeled as Here Beginneth um, Tainbo Kuli, the Kuli Calrade. Um, and it's labeled or the title chapter for this particular work, this particular section is The Pillow Talk. Okay, so I'm going to read this through and then in the end we're going to actually have a commentary section. And my partner is going to join me for the commentary section. I'm sending him a link as well to the piece and he's going to read it over himself and then we're going to be talking about it for a little bit. Like what's going on in this piece, piece of work? What are, our, what are our feelings about this? And things of that nature. And if you have anything to add, um, I would totally be open for adding it to the podcast as well. So you have the option of doing leaving voice messages on um, Anchor if you have a comment or you have a different interpretation of something that's in this piece. So I'm very open to people adding things that way. So without further ado, um, let's get started. All right. Once of a time that Alil and Meb Maeve, had spread their royal bed in Krukan, the stronghold of Kukanakt. Such was the pillow talk that befell betwixt them. Quoth Alil, True is the saying, lady. She is a well-off woman that is a rich man's wife. I, that she is, answered the wife. But wherefore appinst thou so? For this, Alil replied, that thou art this day better off than the day that I first took thee. Then answered Maeve, as well off was I before I ever saw thee. Alil replies, it was a wealth, forsooth, we never heard nor knew of. But a woman's wealth was all thou hadst, and foes from lands next thine were used to carry off the spoil and booty that they took from thee. Not so was I, quoth Mev. The high king of Aaron himself was my sire, Yoko Fedlek, the enduring, son of Finn by name, who is a son of Findaman, son of Findan, son of Finguin. Son of Rogan Rod the Red, son of Regan, son of Blaktak, son of Beotakt, son of Anna Agnik, son of Angus Turbeck. Of daughters had he six Derbriu, Ethna, and Ella, Clothru, Mugain, and Maeve, myself. That was the noblest and seemliest of them. T'was I the goodliest of them in bounty and gift-giving, in riches and treasures. T'was I best of them in battle and strife and combat. T'was I that had fifteen hundred royal mercenaries of the sons of 
aliens exiled from their own land, as many more of the sons of freemen of the land. And there were ten men with every one of these hirelings, and nine men with every hireling, and eight men with every hireling, and seven men with every hireling, and six men with every hireling, and five men with every hireling, and four men with every hireling, and three men with every hireling, and two men with every hireling, and one hireling with every hireling. These were as a standing household guard, continued Maeve. Hence hath my father bestowed one of the five provinces of Aaron upon me, even the province of Krukan, wherefore Mev of Krukan am I called. Men came from Finn. Men came from Finn, son of Rasrad the Red, king of Leinster, to seal me for a wife, and I refused him. And from Carbra Niefer, the champion, son of Ruas Red, the wise, the red king of Temer, to woo me, and I refused him. And they come from Konkobar, son of Fakna Fakka, the mighty, king of Ulster, and I refused him in likewise. They came from Ecobek, the small, and I went not. For tis I that exasperated exacted a singular bride gift, such as no woman before me had ever required of a man of Minivarin, namely, a husband without avarice, without jealousy, without fear, for should he be mean, the man with whom I should live, we were ill-matched together. Inasmuch as I am great in largesse and gift-giving, and it would be a disgrace for my husband if I should be better at spending than he, and for it be said that I was superior in wealth and treasures to him, while no disgrace would it be were one as great as the other. Were my husband a coward, twere as unfit for us to be mated, for I by myself and alone break battles and fights and combats, and twould be a reproach for my husband, should his wife be more full of life than himself, and no reproach for our being equally bold. Should he be jealous, the husband with whom I should live, that too would not suit me. For there never was a time that I had not my paramour. Howbeit, such a husband have I found, namely in thee thyself. Elil, son of Raswad the Red of Leinster. Thou wast not churlish, thou wast not jealous, thou wast not a sluggard. It was I plighted thee, and gave purchase price to thee, which of right belongs to the bride, of clothing, namely, the raiment of twelve men, a chariot worth thrice seven bondsmaids, the breadth of thy face of red gold, the weight of thy left arm of silvered bronze, whoso brings shame and sorrow and madness upon me, no claim for compensation nor satisfaction hast thou therefore that I myself have not. 
but it is to me the compensation belongs, said Maeve. For a man dependent upon a woman's maintenance is what thou art. Nay, not such was my state, said Alu. But two brothers had I, one of them over Timar, the other over Leinster, namely Finn over Leinster and Cabra over Timar. I left the kingship to them because they were older, but not superior to me in largesse and bounty. Nor heard I the, of the province in our Aaron under a woman's keeping, but this province alone. And for this, I came and assumed the kingship here as my mother's successor. For Mata of Mersic, daughter of Magic of Connacht, was my mother. And who could there be for me to have as my queen better than thyself, being as thou wert daughter of the high king of Erin? Yet so it is. Pursued Maeve, my fortune is greater than thine. I marvel at that, a little maid answer, for there is none that hath greater treasure and riches and wealth than I. Yea, to my knowledge, there is not. And so ends the first section of the Tain labeled the Pillow Talk. Um, if you guys are a little struggling with the um, archaic language, that's understandable. Um, there are many, many different versions of the chain that have translated been translated into more modern language. And I totally understand if you want to read the modern la language. But as, as you know, this is the Gutenberg... Um, projects version and it is out of copyright so I don't run into legal issues when I'm actually running this that's why I picked this copy and it's not so archaic if you have read some of the more archaic um, readings of Shakespeare it's very similar language here um, but there's a lot of um, footnotes that are um, that are in the text and we'll be going over those a little bit in the commentary. But this is the first section. And it is Maeve and her husband having a bit of pillow talk together. So um, now we're going to be moving on to the actual commentary. And my partner will be joining us in this particular section. So here we go. Chapter 1. 